Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon perfect nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. Hello everybody and welcome to the final episode of this season of The Worst Idea of All Time. My name is Tim Bat. Yep. He's not wrong. Uh, holy moly, it's so good. Um, everything feels so good to me. <laughs> like everything in my life um, now feels aligned in a way that it hasn't for... You know, it could be a year or it could be a decade, but in a, in a way I feel, um, I feel free. <laughs> and it feels kind of, feels kind of, you know, that, that's a good feeling, isn't it? Yeah, man. Yeah. It's like, I feel like Don Toretto does for the 10 seconds he's driving. <laughs> between the start line and the finish line. Someone asked me earlier today how I feel about this being the, the end of the season. It's sort of the end of this format uh, mm. as it stands at the moment. And I said, it feels like I've just got out of prison. <laughs> There's a levity and sort of, it's like an uncomfortability with the world afterwards and not quite sure what to oh, do with oneself, but also overall elation. We've got to say this. That movie fucking rocked. <laughs> How good was The Fast and the Furious, Hollywood Avondale? That movie was a fucking riot. I had such a ball. God damn, they nailed that film. Yeah, yeah, you can really see, like, you know, it's a shame they didn't do any sequels because you get the, <laughs> you get the sense there's a lot of fun characters. There's Absolutely. a lot of opportunity there. No, you know, we do suffer from recency bias. Uh, annually. A lot of biases, yeah. I think. Or, or in this instance, I feel like every time we've, we've got to unscrew a brand new Fast and the Furious film, we've sort of, uh, we go, now this is, no. this is a Fast and the Furious film, but this does, you know, and, and then do you know what else we do? We go say, on. this feels different. Yeah. But this does feel different. Because that, like, <laughs> that rock, for a movie set in a car racing world of Los Angeles in 2001, 
to only have one homophobic slur, honestly. Pretty good. Huge shout out. That is a progressive film. That is remarkable. Yeah. And also, arguably, you know, and I might get in hot water with this, from the gayest character in the whole. <laughs> I think without question. Without question, that is just classic early 2000s high school bully projection about a man insecure with his own sexuality. Dripping! Yeah. Just absolutely thirsty to rip into a little can of Dom Toretto. Yeah, Just salivating at the opportunity to bust. Calls Paul Walker. On and with Dominic Toretto, who... Is looking fucking it hot looks, in this film. It looks I mean, yeah. Fair play to him, he's picked the right guy it's to try and bust to, to or with. It's pretty sick to call Paul Walker gay, then show up to a family barbecue in a mesh singlet and a leather cuff. <laughs> and, and also be like, I'm not staying, and then leave. <laughs> and then 10 minutes later be like, I was just mucking around. Oh, it's powerful, powerful stuff. The early 2000s sort of nostalgia of this film is, is beautiful, from the homophobia to the techno, it's all on display. I've got to say, the, the, the soundtrack to this was mm. they, they used actual music super sparingly, they introduced Jabal as a character so briefly. But mainly, the thing that they did, I'm going to get artful in this for a second, they scored this film to the sound of Egypt. Yeah. That's what they get all warned up about, is blow-off valves and the sound of NOS well, being injected into the engine. It does, there are, there are, yeah, there are genuine cinematic reflections, I think, to be made. Um, but it feels too early oh, okay. in the, just in, the, in our conversation to, uh, to do that. Because I, I, was, I was moved, I was actually squeamish in the, in the climactic action sequence. For yeah. the first time in the whole franchise, I had to look like that when... V, they were calling him, the, the guy Vince. we were teasing before, Vince, yeah. yeah. He had his arms strung up and he was hanging from the car and they were showing, you know, they showed the... That's what you're going to do with the homophobe. Yeah. You're going to string him up by their but hand. I, you know, yeah, this, I guess it reflects poorly. I mean, I was, I was feeling very empathetic towards this guy who was dangling from a truck. Yeah, yeah. I was, I'm, I'm totally there with you. I also was like, I was, I was wincing. Mm. And I, th none of these movies have done that. How much of that do you think is about us being in a cinema this evening and seeing this on the beautiful big screen at the Hollywood Avondale with uh, the correct sound? I think, I think, yeah, you get percentage points for that. If it was a pie graph, I think, you know, that's in the pie graph. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> and I'd imagine there are other colours for other parts too. So I'm imagining, you know, probably four or five parts in a pie graph. Okay. So, uh, one of the slices is we're watching it on the big screen in the cinema. I think one of the slices is, it is, it's, it sounds silly to say for any of these movies, but it is grounded. And it, like the stunts in this movie are like a car does a jump. Yeah. You know, we've seen, like across the year, we've seen cars like leap over nuclear submarines, yes. go to space, yes. parachute. We've seen a tank run down a Spanish highway yeah. that is absolutely unstoppable. We've seen... Such a wide variety of obscene, like and high end. So we've seen like the zo remember the the zombie. Remember the oh yeah, I forgot about the, zombie the Lion cars. King style buffalo stampede through the streets of New York. Every with cars now and run then, on AI. Uh, one of the their cars befriends another car, and then suddenly they've got the ability to move a bank vault. Yeah, we've seen them drag bank vaults, and so to see them just being like, we're just trying to get one guy to survive, who's being dangled by a piece of metal wire off yeah. of a truck. You're like. Fuck, man, like, <laughs> these feel like real consequences, yeah, you know. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Everything's got the correct amount and, of weight and heft And to turn to back it. to the music thing you were saying, which I totally agree with, you said that, you know what makes this, you leaned over to me quietly at the back of the cinema, you said, you know what makes this so amazing? No music. Mm. You, and, you know, and that that's also in the pie graph. You know, the pie, it's a good looking pie graph. <laughs> because it was, it was just like... It was so just three slices of the pie graph are no music, the fact that we're in a cinema and no music again? No, no, no. Believe you... You, you flatter yourself. Believable stakes. Uh, oh, yeah, that was big, the other Big component. old bit of the pie graph. Yeah. Uh, if I had to fill out the other parts, Yeah, I think you feel like you painted yourself into a corner of five, uh, yeah. I think, like, the, I guess, blood, like, uh, human blood, that's in the pie graph. Okay. Uh, I am, I am I'm a squeamish, I'm a squeamish audience member. I struggle, I struggle with blood on screen. Mm. And the father, you know, largely this franchise avoids blood altogether. Paul they Walker. They a little bit of blood in that scene, too. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a man, I mean, I feel, I'm not going to tell the plot of, we should, after this, we maybe should have an attempt. I think it'll be fun to attempt to tell the story of what we just watched. Of this movie? Yeah. Dude. All of these people saw it. <laughs> <laughs> that feels insane to me. <laughs> <laughs> one of the most fucked up ideas I've ever heard. <laughs> And that's saying something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've been hanging out with you for 10 years. <laughs> the sort of, um, the final third, the third act of this film is amazing. And it kicks off with, um, they try and do one last big job for a three month holiday. Yeah. Just give them a season off. Yeah, Just one yeah. cap, maybe winter's coming up, they want to rug up. Well, before we Netflix. DVDs, I guess, in 2001? Well, they've certainly got the players. Yeah. And this is what I want to talk to you about. Okay. You're a tech guy. Every movie we watch, you identify the tech and you say, yeah. that's that tech, you know, and you have a relationship to it. How much money are they getting? You know, this, this truck heist in DVD reselling, and also, to be fair, some of them were the, some of the most iconic TVs, and this new TVs, the little TVs with the VCR built the in. VCR built in. How much were those retailing for 2001? Do you know? How much were they retailing? Yeah, like for? what are they? What are they turning? Every truck they heist, what I are they turning? Think, I don't think a lot, man, because they put a DVD player in the PS2 for free. <laughs> so like the standalone ones weren't worth that much. Is the PS2 out? Yeah, bro. They've got PS5 Pros now. Obviously, in the present <laughs> day. Pulling your chain. Two thousand and one. Ah, Yeah, I think so. Right. I think we're up to PS2s at that point. Yeah, that does. I did, listen, the, the long and short of it is, it's a ridiculous setup. This is a crazy thing to be heisting. But I think it kind of, it would rope in the target audience, which is 14-year-old boys, you know? Which was us. It was us. We were like, holy shit, DVD players. These guys are going to be rich. Because we weren't so good at math back then. TVs with the VHS built in. It is crazy because they introduced the, the fact coolest thing in the world. They say this is what's in the truck. At the start of the movie, they go, here's what's in the truck. It's TVs with VCR players and DVD players. Yeah. And then you see this really beautiful action sequence, including what is genuinely quite a spectacular stunt when the car first goes underneath the truck they're heisting from. And you're like, yeah. whoa. You know, yeah. And I don't even care about cars. But I think, whoa. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It was. But and I have no understanding of why it needed to do that. Because there are four cars <laughs> in formation around that truck. 
and the, the other three either go directly in front or directly behind the truck, and one of them goes in between the wheels and drives under. Like, why are you doing that? They've got, they've got to get through, they're, they're blasting through a um, closed road. You know, there's only one lane to navigate. It was yeah, cool. It was get in behind the last car in the line. Sometimes you're next to the truck at the wrong time, Tim. That's crazy to miscalculate and be at, at, there at the wrong time, but be so good at driving that you can no, just... No, you're right. It would be a superior movie if all of the cars were just in single file formation. <laughs> Give me a better reason for it to happen. I'm not saying don't do the stunt. The stunt was unbelievable. And I mean that in the most positive terms. I just didn't buy the why. The okay. what was cool. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice to disagree. I, I also want to shout out because a huge part of their, like, their strategy, which is so sloppy, is like double harpoon, one through the window, yeah. whatever. The, yeah. second one, the second one into the back of the passenger seat. The it's end. like, shout out to the strength of passenger seats in 2001. Because they fucking spotlight it every time, even in the climactic one. Yeah. They get like a close-up of it going into the back of the seat and you're like, yeah, that's going to hold. <laughs> These criminals have managed to get uh, armaments which are like really super advanced human trank guns that shoot out what looks like a spiky kind of hockey puck yeah. of a trank dart and slowly take a truck driver out. And, and, and yet this weird Gatling gun idea is like their best plan to get in. It's wild stuff. Well, they keep such good drivers. Come up with a better thing. They keep going back to the, the grappling hook. And Too yeah. Fast, Too Furious... It's the, the police are using electronic grappling hooks to um, like shut down people's cars. That's right. And then in later and the films, the hockey puck comes back as well. Yeah, that's right. They've got that same weapon and there's only two weapons in the Fast you know franchise. What? It's either grappling hooks or hockey pucks doing it's kinda, shit. It's kind of beautiful and crazy. You know, like without want to be too sentimental, it's hard not to overlay, you know, our own aging over the last ten years on top of watching this movie today because it's like we're spending time with these people when they're so young. Yeah. It was like yeah. it's like watching a you know like the start of a documentary when you sort of know the story of the main characters really well and I'm like man you guys have got no idea you know like one day it's DVD players the next day it's the world yeah like, I don't know how they get recruited because the next time we meet Dominic Trader on this franchise is at the start of the fourth one and he's still just running the same shit with oil tankers but it's exactly yeah. the same setup they're just driving up to an oil tanker like separating off some of the tankers, it's the same bit. And then all of a sudden, you know... Shit ramps up real quick after four when you think about it, eh? Yeah. Suddenly they're getting recruited by, I don't know, like the NSA or something? Well, they, they out, they've got to outrun The Rock, and then they've got to work with The Rock. And yeah. that's what happens in this franchise. The Rock's a diplomat or something, isn't he? Isn't he like a super postman? Yeah, something? yeah, he's a very powerful postman. He's like, the, yeah, he's got those kind of... The, yeah, the deleted doors. scenes of the first one that The Rock is in is basically an entire movie in which he's got a very important parcel to deliver before yeah. Christmas. And he gets waylaid by this sort of, you know, the Ironically, family. it should have been Stath's role. Mm. Transporting. Oh, the transporter. Because the transporter. Very droll. <laughs> <laughs> we don't mind laughing, you and I. There was a really incredible moment, like genuinely touching. So when the, the Paul Walker in memoriam section is at the end of seven? Seven, yeah. Seven? And th so they go back and show like all of this old footage through the prior movies of the characters. There was one, I didn't mention this um, in either of our prior episodes on Too Fast, Too Furious, but um, seeing Tej with an AF. 
mm. was mean because that's a part of the flashback. And then there was a shot, and as soon, like the frame when it came up, when Dominic Toretto, he's standing in front of his garage, and I can't even remember the exact context, but I think he's saying this car Brian's, to Brian. Yeah, Brian's brought in that, that beat up car with a great engine. Yeah. As if he's like, this is the car I owe you. Yeah, and that, that in memoriam sequence is so etched into my brain. Well, like, well, I have retained none of this franchise, but for some reason, I think this that is goodbye to Paul Walker I'll tell you why, Tim, is in my heart. Because you watched it seven times. Yeah, well, yeah, it's it, part of it. One of the big reasons you probably remember that so well is they just wedged it in at the end of the seventh movie and pulled on every single heartstring. But, Ro, ask me a single question about nine, I will get it wrong. I can't remember a damn thing. And I saw that one nine times. Imagine that. I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to generate a question for you. <laughs> <laughs> nah, they go to space. Tish and Roman go to space. <laughs> Not a question. <laughs> Where did Tish and Roman go? They also, you know, that's the other thing is, you know, when you see this, you flash forward to nine and when they, oh, you first see the family house and the barbecue, I'm yeah, like, yeah, that's big. That's at the end of nine, everyone's back at their house. They've rebuilt their house because Jason Statham blows it up or some shit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> with a package. Yeah, with a package. With a package from a postman. <laughs> <laughs> um, weirdly, I think, I could be wrong, but the first mention of family is actually by Brian's cop dad in this one. Mm. What do you think about the cops staking out at Elizabeth Taylor's old house? Pretty wild. <laughs> Pretty fucking cool. It is cool, but it's kind of like everyone's a criminal in this movie. Like the cops are just stealing houses off criminals and then living there. It's like, I don't know if that's... Is that, are is we that, cool common, that? Is that common practice? Yeah. I mean, like, Paul, Paul Brian O'Connor's got a really hard... Okay. Some of the police departments in the States now are, like, funding themselves. That's how they fund themselves, because they change the laws so they, can, they just get to keep either a percentage or all of the shit they take off the criminals. Honestly, So now they've started underfunding the police departments and the cops have just got to go basically grabbing shit like pirates. Dang. It kind of makes sense because I do think about when... Civil forfeiture? Well, just like, not morally, but just vibes-wise, if, if, like, <laughs> if you stop a car that's full of cash, it would suck to not get to have some of the cash. <laughs> you stop a car that's full of cash, you're like, no, 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 I know that's not your cash. And then what, you just give it back? That's so fucking lame. Well, we found out in Too Fast, Too Furious, the way to handle that situation is call the cops, but before they get there, stuff it a bit into your pants. So, yeah, just <laughs> little for one, you. once around the waist. How much do you reckon he had in there? Say there were hundreds. I don't, I don't know. 20,000, I reckon, 20 grand. No, 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 because what's in a stack? Uh, I don't know. Hmm. I, what is it? Ten thousand dollars is in a stack. There's, there's a hundred notes. There's a hundred notes in one there of those things. There you go. Things. So he would have had. He would have got easy like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. It's such a delicious amount of money. I reckon a hundred, a hundred fifty thousand dollars. It's tantalising, isn't it? It's young. That's yeah. so young. Because a million dollars is like I don't know. It feels like there's strings to it. It feels like someone's gonna fucking shoot me in the head. Or the tax man's going to come. So 150000 feels to me like I'm sorted and no one's asking about it. I'm sweet. You should join the police. <laughs> I should. Maybe Sound I like will. you're a big pro-cop guy now. I, I, had to, I, I actually, you know what I'm like, I had something quite poignant to say, but it's gone. Okay, well then can we talk about race wars for a bit? Because <laughs> like, it got mentioned in uh, five, I think. 
Letty and... Oh, no, wait. Six, seven. When's Letty getting don't a memory back? Don't sweat it. I don't think sweat it. Don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. Six, I don't sweat it. Okay, wait. Moving on. But race wars plays a huge role in this. And it's just... I've got a lot of questions, but my main one is, is this a thing in real life? Do we think race wars is a thing that exists? Because I think it's too crazy a term for them to have made up for this film franchise without... Just no one blinks an eye. They're like, oh, yeah, we're off to race wars. You know what it's all about. It's like, sorry, what did you just say? We're off to do race wars? Go to race... What did you say? Yeah. You're in LA. It's It's a contentious place in the early 2000s. Well, even before... Like, when they first show up for their first street... When Brian O'Connor shows up for his first street race, they they profile all the different racing groups, basically by race. They're like, there are Hispanic people who race cars. There are Asian-American people who race cars. There are black people who race cars. It's like... Here they're all doing it in unity, just on the streets of Los Angeles. But every now and then, we get everyone together in the desert. Yeah. And they do it with hate in their heart. Fuck it, eh? And here's the other thing about race wars. It looks like it would be a grim time. They are just out in the middle of fucking nowhere under a cloudless sky with no shade or tree. There's no feature. And there's just shitty little tents that they've popped up. And then at night time, because I imagine it would be unbelievably cold, they're all huddled around there, flaming... There was uh, some techno... Big rubbish bins. There's, yeah, like that, a bunch of rough sleepers, but they've all got half-million-dollar cars. It's kind of how I felt about... Um, Sleep in your car. It's, have you slept in your car? No. It's so cold sleeping in the car. <laughs> it's bad, like it's really not... It looks, it looks cold all around. Yeah, it is cold. It, the whole Actually, there's a lot in the, the world of this film because I, don't, I still... I still don't know if I saw it at the cinema or not in 2001. I've, I, you know, I like to think I went to it at the Hoyts on Morehouse Ave in Christchurch next shout to Science out. Alive. Huge shout out. Don't know if they're still going. Is Science Alive still there? No, no. But that's gone. That, that went ages that's ago. Gone. Had a big slide. Shout Had out a big to the, vert- the vertical slide. Was big amazing. slide. And Scary. The, do you remember the plasma wall? What did the plasma wall do? Do you not remember? Oh, man. So you know a plasma ball? No. The whole wall. Oh, fuck. <laughs> do you really not? It looks like someone's captured lightning in there and it's slowly moving oh, around. Oh, you touch it and it goes... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was a whole big wall of that Damn. science alive. You put Do you know, I think I spent so long building up the courage to go on the slide, I didn't notice anything else. <laughs> oh, bless. Did you do it? You did yeah, it yeah, I think it's where I first felt the feeling of losing my tummy. Oh, true. <laughs> uh, but don't worry, we got reunited again. <laughs> Over the road at Denny's, one of the fine dining establishments... <laughs> But anyway, what the feeling you, that Guy Montgomery once described as <laughs> having I, the feeling of having a vagina. Yes, when I when I when I used to lose my tummy, I wouldn't share this feeling with anyone. You've said it on the pod. I've said it before. Yeah, yeah, but at the time it was private. Oh, I see. But yeah, when I would lose my tummy, I used to think that that's what it felt like <laughs> to, to have, have a, a vagina. vagina. So because I'll, and biologically, I can walk you through what I thought was. I'd happening. love to hear. I thought that feeling was the, the, the penis and balls going in and up. Okay. And to my, the best of my knowledge at the time, yes. that's what a vagina was. It was, a, it was all in the innie. Well, everything was up. two sets of things below your chest that were do you know how I, Do you know how I learned that wasn't the case? Once when we went over a big bump on a... I knew this big bump. Once we went over the big bump on the drive, yeah. I made a point of holding my penis to see if it stayed out. <laughs> 
That's science. Science alive. That's what that is. That's fucking research, brother. So yeah, no, so I wasn't mucking around with the plasma wall. I was. But what what it made me think is seeing all like seeing these big parties, see like when they first go back to the family house and there's a party and seeing the party at the race wars. That party was fucking terrible. <laughs> the first one? Yeah. Yeah, and too much. To be <laughs> there are a lot of people hooking up and stuff. I'm here for that. There was some music, great. But then it looked like Letty had had a little too much. And then when Dom got there, she stood up. She was like, well, "You're going to go upstairs. We're going to get a massage." Yeah. <laughs> it's actually a ball of lies. She said, "You look tense. We need to go upstairs so you can give me a massage." I was like, "That rocks." That is pretty good. Hey, I know that we're going somewhere else, but how? Good is Mia in this film, and how tragically is she treated for the rest of this franchise? Yeah, she's got a real, like, there's a real excitement. She's got a real sense of uh, individuality and purpose. Like, she's got she's her got own tons shit of going shit to on. Do. And she's fun and, and sexy, and, like, yeah, also, she's got her own agenda, and she's, like, she makes sandwiches real fast. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, if you go in there, you'd, you'd be like, I get a sandwich. She'll be like, that's a trash order. And then five seconds later, it's like, bang, there's your sandwich. Here's your yeah. garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the reason the sandwiches you're making are so shit is you're putting no time or energy into them. Yeah. It's crazy to be like, that's a bad order, and then give them the food. It's like, <laughs> but that was actually also, we'll get back to her, but that, that line when is it, it's Vince, he shows up and he's like, man, you keep coming here, what are you? Sandwich crazy? <laughs> <laughs> I love these. I think it is an early 2000s thing. I don't know, maybe movies are always like this, but you get the energy of what they're saying, but the scripting is fucking crazy. <laughs> I thought it was good. I thought there were a few, like, I, I don't know what the intent when they were written were, but a few genuine laugh lines like this one was not jet this was an accident but when jar rules like everyone knows it's not how you stand by your car it's how you drive your car like you d surely you just say it surely you just say it's not how you stand by your car it's how you drive it i'll put money on the fact that the script did not have the car <laughs> jar rule said it and no one is telling jar rule to do a second but even like dom dom toretto's got jokes in this dom toretto says brian's uh undercover name is a serial killer's name yes that's a joke i guess later on when he gets to when they both do that big jump past the train then he gets totaled by a car and he's like that's not how I wanted it to go. No, he said that's not what I had in mind. That's not After he's almost killed himself racing a train. It's like 45 fucking screenings of Fast and Furious movies over yeah. different periods of time. It's the first time he's genuinely made me laugh out loud. It was a great, genuinely funny moment from him. Like awesome. they're, they're, they've got this shit as, you know, or what, what was Oh, that? I just remember what it was. Yes, because I was afraid I didn't write this down. This might be my shining light. Uh, is it Johnny Tran? His cousin is Lance, is Lance and uh, he looks at one of the cars and he says, "Just use the machine." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lance, 
Lance has a good like. It's a beautiful machine. Rocks. The actor who plays Lance has a good role in the movie, but Lance in life has a fantastic. So he's friends with a very powerful guy, mm. and basically he just walks around next to him, and every now and then the powerful guy can be like, "What do you think, Lance?" Which actually, I'm saying it sounds fun. It also sounds like quite high pressure because you know, like you only get to talk once every day, and it's always in front of people, and you have to look cool, and you're wearing snakeskin pants. Shout out to the cinematography. Very rarely do we see it in movies, but we got to pan down to a man's ass in snakeskin pants. About time. Yeah. Which is weird. About time for us, but they actually kicked off the franchise with it. So yeah. Yours beautiful. They banned it immediately. There also, should be, you know what? There should be butt people. Yeah. Well, there, there were no, because, you know, earlier in the season, uh, Joseph Moore was telling us about the butt girls. Yes. And I didn't really know what they were, but the butt girls are the girls butt who... Woman. Oh, sorry. And you were, no, you were the one who corrected Joe on that. So oh. I'm using your own words against you. Shout out to me. The ally guy. <laughs> Big time ally. Yeah, so they're women who are best known for their butts. Uh, and they, they start the races. And I don't know if it's by accident or if they keep doing it on purpose, but the way that they're filmed, you always see a little bit of their butt. Anyway, in this one... Like the first one where you think they'd be like, and here's a big part of our idea for movies is you get to see a little bit of beautiful people's butts. No butts. Just a guy in the middle of the road being like. Oh, yeah. But not a, not Noticeably a absent when they not do that Not a single butt woman. Yeah. Or girl. Or boy. <laughs> or man. <laughs> or non-binary person. A devastating lack of ass. What we um, don't have a, levis- a devastating lack of, though, are cars that I would like to have sex with. All right. So we'll just, we, won't, we don't need to spend a tremendous amount of time on this. But um, at number five, it is Johnny Trans Honda S2000. Mm-hmm. It's sleek, it's black. It's a sexy, naughty, badass is that the, That's the car. car he wins the race against Jesse with at the race wars. Mm, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's you like, really you like cool. Look at that. Yeah, man. What do you like? <laughs> Talk to me. Hey? hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. 
It's a car that gets in trouble. Mm. Oh, too much trouble? Or? Yeah. Oh. And what, you think you can... No, look, I'm there for a quick time, not a, a good time, not a long time. I don't think this car is relationship material. Whoa! But I don't think that's what that car's looking for either. You want to... I want to fuck you just that car. You just I just want to have sex with that car. Did you do it at the race wars? <laughs> that feels like a crazy thing to say, but yeah. <laughs> I want to fuck Johnny Trent's Honda at, race, at the race wars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even need to know how you're going to seduce it. Johnny Tran's like on on an E, as they'd call it in the year. Uh, he's he's raving. Yeah. Just sidle on up. Yeah. He's peeled it's up. Cold. You go. It's cold, huh? It's I hear cold. It's, uh, it's yeah, so hot during the day, yeah. but it really drops off at night, huh? I hear it's a lot warmer if you sleep in a car. There you go. <laughs> as you gently put your turgid cock into the exhaust pipe. Number four. It's the Ferrari S uh, F 353 Spider, which is um, racing against Brian at the lights on the way to race four? Uh, no, it's before race four. It's when Brian, he's been given 36 hours on the case. He's trying to size up Dom. He's trying to get Dom to admit they're yeah. on the way to have some shrimp. And the, yeah, I know, I know the car you're talking about. They pull up to the lights. Before we get into your desire to seduce this car, I think it's so funny to pull up at the lights next to someone with a nice car you know, by whoever's standards, and be like, that's a nice car, how much did it cost? And then they're like, it's more money than you can afford. And then be like, I'm almost gonna kill myself about this. <laughs> you know, like, the fact that someone else owns an expensive car means I'm gonna risk everything. It's like Brian and Dom look at each other and agree, yeah, we should try to almost kill ourselves <laughs> raising <laughs> this. But the th first off, the thing that I loved about that little moment is the guy, <laughs> So they're like, nice guy, how much does it cost? How much does it, oh, how much does it retail for is yeah. the actual right? And the guy who owns the car says, more than you can afford, full stop, Ferrari. <laughs> Ferrari is his punctuation on that sentence. <laughs> Which rules. That is a fucking dude who owns a Ferrari and he's got a Ferrari hat that he wears everywhere. He's got a little Ferrari blazer and he's got a little fucking bag that's got the Ferrari. So what's, it, what's he doing racing these guys? Like these guys have nothing I to lose. Brother, I don't know if he agreed or participated in the race because they, they just see the green light and floor it and suddenly they're darting throughout traffic. We don't see the Ferrari again. I think these two are we racing the themselves. We see the, the Ferrari comes, the Ferrari's doing Does the same shit on the other side. Yeah, we oh, see okay, it come right. around. What would you do with that Ferrari? I'd fuck it, dude. It's a number four. So I'd have sex with their car. You don't just fuck a Ferrari. No, you do. This is the thing people overthink about Ferraris. It's like, you know, it's that classic trope of the hottest girl in high school. Oh, so unattainable. No one fucking talks to it. Ferrari's the same damn thing. It feels unapproachable, therefore no one approaches it. Therefore, if anyone does, that easy. Wow. Yeah. It's this. It's a Ferrari. I'm Number three. <laughs> All right, here's one. Not even a fucking car. It's trans motocross bikes. Yeah. The gang's bikes are cool, yeah. and I want to fuck them. <laughs> You want to have an orgy with these bikes? They're Hondas, and they look like they're a lot of fun. Okay, how do you how do you how do you orchestrate that? Hmm. I think 
Well, my mind's immediately going to. Ma I think here's here's something trippy. I think I'm taking the bikes to the speedway <laughs> to watch cars race. That feels as a that feels rude. <laughs> it feels rude. It's kinky. It's like it's 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 weird. It's kind of like whoa. You know what? I think it's actually nice in a way because I feel like the bikes would never think to do that. They'd yeah. Be, they'd be like, nah, it's not for us. And yeah. then they'd be like, hey, I can imagine them. They're like jostling with each other and they look over the, and they're like, hey, this is actually really fun. Yeah. You know, we never do stuff like this. Man, I'm trying to think of a human uh, analogy for this. And, and it's such a strange kind of relationship that I've thought up here that I can't of taking a motorbike on a date. to. Yeah. To I don't know that there's a, you know, a human equivalent. No, right? I don't think there is. <laughs> But so, anyway. I mean, well, what I want to know is, so you've yeah. got, you, how many are you dating? Three. So you've taken three bikes to the racetrack. Yeah. It's gone well. Yes. What comes next? <laughs> the sex. <laughs> Man, you're fucking the shit out of these cars. You know, yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, you, what, you, like, how did you get there? What? To the speedway? Yeah. Rode the bikes. <laughs> you are being ridiculous. Third of the way I go in one, and then at the lights, third of the way I change. Everyone gets a turn. You're like, like oh, you're, you're on The Bachelor. You yeah. are The Bachelor. I'm The Bachelor. And the bikes are the last three. Yes. <laughs> That's it. And you're watching cars. And we're watching cars, which again, feels weird, but it's, it's a kink. I would and look Zoom, so I was like, hey, looking good. <laughs> wow. Number <laughs> <laughs> two. Yep. It's honestly crazy to me you're having sex with both cars from the same race. That is, yeah, it's kinky. It's fucking bold. This is a crazy scene in the movie where, so Jesse is a character that exists in lots of early 2000s films. He is Mouse from The Matrix. Um, he, what was the... Can I say who I think he is? He's who? not the actor, but vibe-wise, he's Giovanni Ribisi. He is who's, like... Who's that? I don't know. He's a guy I know. Oh. <laughs> no, from actor, I don't know him personally. He's an actor? Yeah, yeah. You'd recognise him. Right. I don't know uh, from what, but he's everywhere. Sure. And energetically, he's Jesse. So what kind of characters did he play? This he played guy? like, I think he played Phoebe's brother or something in Friends. Yeah, that's who, yeah. yeah. Fucking A, it is him. Yeah. It's not him. But that's Don't get who me wrong, it, is. it isn't him, but it's him. Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, it isn't him though. Just to be clear. So this guy is a guy. recurring character in these movies, yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. movies of this Absol era. There's always this like skinny white guy. He looks like me, basically. And he's like a, a dweeb and he's kind of on Adderall and he's all kind of hyped up and he's got a special skill. He can put a floppy disk in a computer. Handy. <laughs> the AutoCAD running on that computer is so sick. Like the little the graphics and the wireframe of the cars that they're souping up. That did look pretty cool. I thought. Yeah. Does that correlate to what was going on at the time or is that magic? Is that movie magic? Seems like movie magic to me, but I don't know. I what am I, a car guy? I think you know everything, Zoe. This guy um, gets himself into some trouble because he, he races using his dad's car and he's racing Johnny Tran and he loses the car. Imagine how tough Jesse's dad must be. What a hard ass he must be. Oh, is he in prison? Yeah, he's in prison. Yeah, right. <laughs> that, that, okay, that makes sense. 
but he loses the car and then is so scared of the consequences against his dad that he starts burning a trail away from race wars. Yeah. Which is a crazy sentence. <laughs> the Johnny Tran's gonna catch up with him and fucking murder him. And spoiler alert, he does. Yeah, that's a damn shame. Mm. And then what? You come in and you say to the car, say, hey, say, hey, baby, that looked really tough one. I didn't say you don't open up with, hey, baby. Jesus, have some decorum. You go, grief is processed in a lot of ways, and whatever you're feeling right now is totally natural. Honestly, your one is so much more sinister. <laughs> <laughs> because your one is calculated. Your one is, you want to get your end away with this car. And you're, oh yeah, you're grieving, baby. I understand, baby. It's okay, baby. You're not wrong. I got, I got, I got, you know, you're not wrong. I was gutted when he got killed. Well, not, I, you know, obviously I know he's not in future films, but mm. I was like, him and his buddy, was his name Lance? Leo? Jesse and Lance, I think, were the two. It can't be two Lances. Oh, Leo. Uh, what'd you say? Leo, right? Leon. Leon, yeah. Oh, yeah, because it can't be Leo, because then there's Leo later. Leo Who, and by Santos. the way, why the fuck were Leo and Santos not in this film? Because there, there was. Tom Cottle, who did our artwork, who is the artistic genius, he asked me, he was like, so you got any questions that you're looking forward to being answered in this film? I was like, no. I, I, like, I don't, there's no loose threads that I can think of in this franchise that I need the Fast and the Furious to answer for me. Except the presentation of Leo and Santos has always treated us, like with all the other movies, like, and it's the, and fucking these yeah, old guys. Yeah, yeah. These old guys. And obviously, you know Leo and Santos yeah, from the first movie. From the first movie, as, as we all know. Very cool that they're back on the scene. <laughs> yeah. They're not in this fucking movie. They never get formally introduced. It's crazy. Yeah. But they're always treated with this, like, and Leo and Santos, of course, in tow. Yeah. Let me shake their hand. Tell me their names. The first Fuck. time, the first time they show up is at the start of Fast Four. They're they're um they're hijacking these oil rigs with yeah. Dom and Letty. Yes, and you and noticed that they're kind of in like the first half of that scene and then sort of just evaporate. Yeah, and, then they and then in the fifth movie, they're like, well, obviously we need to get a crew together. We'll get Leo and... Everyone remembers Leo and Santos yeah. from a few frames of the first yeah, movie. Yeah, exactly. And then they get these huge like comedy sequences where they're bickering like these established characters. Yeah, really but weird. That, you know what? They make... I a guy, are those two guys someone in real life? Because you know how sometimes... Probably actors. Like, a <laughs> you know, like, they got Ja Rule in this one, so you sort of, you can pull a lot of the real life character in to sort of fill in some character Do you know, ja, I understand Ja Rule got offered Ludacris's role in the second one, uh -huh. and he said no because he wanted something more substantial, which made me think, like, in Fire the first Festival? one, he must have, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, he wanted, yeah, the back end. <laughs> It's crazy. He too was flummoxed in bed. I forgot about that. You forgot Jarrell was part of Fire Festival? Just forgot about the whole Fire Festival shit. It was fucking awesome. Was Why did they do the lockdown with those? It was before lockdown. Was it? I remember I watched one. I was in America. Oh, sweet. Yeah, and I was like, damn. Did anyone just absolutely delight in seeing those rich idiots stranded on an island? no water I think that, yeah, like the watermark of it is the photo of like, you know, they got promised a gourmet meal and it's like a compostable pack with like a sandwich with a piece of lettuce and tomatoes spilling out. And they were like, I paid 450 for this. We were all lemon cake on that one, eh? Like we yeah. were just fucking applauding and stuff. But I, when Ja Rule, when I found out he passed up being in Too Fast, Too Furious, I was like, obviously he got 
to do in the first one and then felt disrespected by the lack. But I was like, dude, that is relative to what you've done in the first movie. You got offered a very substantial role. Yeah. And now Ludacris is in all of the movies. Yeah. And he's aging well. And Ja Rule might be in jail? <laughs> nah, nah. Did he not get taken down because of the fire fist stuff? Nah, that other, the guy. other guy. Just the other guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ja Rule was flummoxed and bamboozled. Oh, oh really? Was that the? He did a tweet. He said, "I too was plumbers and bamboozled." <laughs> <laughs> and everyone was like, "Yeah, fair enough." <laughs> Sounds like him. <laughs> Number one, Cara, want to fuck from the movie? It's got to. Can I guess? Yeah. It's got to be uh, Brian's green car. It is Brian's green car. Yeah. It feels like. I mean, it's the green sort of, machine. It's a 1995 Mitsubishi Eclipse. It's the introduction to cars in the world of the film. It's like mm. the first time you see the camera, you know, moving across a car like it's a, an object of desire. Yeah. It's Brian's car. And it happens multiple times before we start meeting and mixing and mingling with other cars. It's like a car to which you've had a sexual awakening. For example. And this is something that I understand you have had. Yes. Yes. My approach to uh, Brian's car would mirror Brian's approach to Mia. It's like, find out where it is, what it does, hang around, keep your distance a little bit, you know, keep an orbit, but keep a low orbit. Not yeah. like a high orbit? Wide berth. Wide berth orbit. Yeah. Keep a wide berth orbit around that thing. Yeah. I, I'm with you. You gotta wait. I'm, I'm with you as much as it's possible to be. <laughs> I, I appreciate it <laughs> desperately. <laughs> There's a lot of situations where you've got to be in the right place at the right time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like creating your own luck. And that's what you've got to do with, with this beautiful Mitsubishi. Okay. So I'm just hanging around. It sounds like you're lurking. <laughs> <laughs> what you're describing sounds like... Or loitering, I think. Like, I think lurking's sadly more accurate for what I'm doing. What <laughs> how I'm do you turn it around. around? Huh? How do you turn it around? Yeah, I'll be the car. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've ended up at your work quite a lot. Okay. And I keep asking for tuna sandwich and it costs. Well, I don't know. You keep making them, I'll keep eating them, regardless of how good the tuna is. <laughs> <laughs> deal with your brother he just kind of <laughs> anyway I'm gonna try and fuck that car <laughs> it's so <laughs> what playing along <laughs> A guy who for a season's been telling me the different cars he wants to fucking have, all of a sudden, you know, I, I give him a car to fuck. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've turned you off all cars. You know, it's a damn shame. It is, for, the way they introduced Don Toretto is like, yeah, you're right. He's got his back to us, which is, it, isn't it incredible how powerful that makes him? Yeah. Isn't it? And this is a power I've never had. And I always know, so I remember at school, like if any, if I'm, say the, 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 the whiteboard or the blackboard's up the front and, you know, the door's back there. If the door opens, always, always, who's, who's coming through the door? Really? Who's coming through the door? Any, any door, any, any time, anywhere. I'm like, who's that? Who's that? Can you retain that to Yeah, well, of course. Who's coming in? Because I'm on the run. <laughs> <laughs> 
But no, like, it's, and it, so to see that, I was like, wow, that's power. To just sit there and hear shit going on behind you. So if you were at home and you know, like, Chelsea's coming home roughly this time, will it kick in still? If I know Chelsea's coming home about this time, I'll like open up my laptop and have a very impressive, impressive like Word document yeah, going, <laughs> and then I'll have like a you know the theory of everything. I'll have it on a book stand. Let's do take it you know. while, cla- while you quickly try and put classical music on yeah, the Yeah, and I'll be I'll be you know roasting a chook or something, and then I go, oh, I didn't even hear you come in there. Yeah. <laughs> and then you know, and but then you will still look at the door. Oh yeah. Oh, at home now. No, at home it's different. At home, at home is different. At home, I'm like, no, nah, I'm at home. <laughs> but out and about. So, <coughs> what are the situations where this happens a lot? I just remember, I'm mostly remembering it from classroom, but I just think, I always remember, like, it's a, it's a genuine, it remains in my head, like an active personal goal. Yeah. That when I hear a door open or a new person enter a social setting or something, yeah. to be like, I am happy with what I've got going on right now. I don't need to know about that. And it just, every time I actually do need to know about that. Wow. Does that, you, you, don't, you don't get this. You're just like, you don't need to look over your shoulder. I don't need to look at the door. You're Dominic Toretto. In this very specific example, I fucking am. You're sitting in your family, also insane, this never is returned to. The first time we see the Toretto name, oh, we meet the Toretto family, is it a grocer? Yeah. It's like they run a family grocer. That is that is what the Toretto's they do. They actually run a lot of shit. Yeah. And I don't know how they're across all this because they do not have a tremendous amount of employees. No, yeah. They're they're run- they're taking all the sandwiches. Dom is, I guess, counting all the money. Is it that? No, because later on, they're like, Dom, do you need a drink? It's like 12 o'clock in the day. Dom, do you need a drink? He's already got a beer. But he's not even turning around. He's like, oh. Yeah. Is that what he's doing? How, how many quarter miles is this water cash? <laughs> Mia, something's wrong. The numbers don't add up. <laughs> it's very hard to count in base quarter mile <laughs> on an abacus. No wonder he's not turning around. You know, like when you're, yeah, ca- you're counting and you're just trying to retain a he's number. He's basically doing theoretical physics, just trying to count how much. Coming in and quarter miles on an abacus. And people come, like, keep coming in and hitting on his sister and fighting with each other. <laughs> That's why he's so mad about it. He just wants to fucking concentrate and figure out how many quarter miles they made yesterday. And if they, like, cleared enough to pay for the amount of quarter miles they had to pile the truth. <laughs> By the way, they're getting a tremendous deal on that gym because it's no good. <laughs> I, th- I mean, like, everyone's work-life balance in this movie is crazy. Brian O'Connor, who is an undercover cop, who's like, yeah, I understand, it would be probably difficult to make and maintain friendships if your life is undercover. It's probably quite risky. It's probably not even allowed. But in his role as an undercover cop, he works at a mechanics where he also lives. Yeah. His bedroom. Is it like a single bed out the back of a mechanics? That's quite like, you know, in any world, cinematic or otherwise, that's very unusual. And in the movie, they just treat that like, yeah, yeah, that's where Brian lives. Brian's a cop and he lives in the back of the mechanics where his undercover persona is. And that's where he has sex with Mia. It feels like bunks. 
There's something, it's like the work equivalent of bunks, the fact that he sleeps in a little bed at work. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very um, infantilizing. Mm. I think it's slavery as well. Like you can't just put your employees, you can't just tuck them into a bed. I think that, that feels like his choice. It does. <laughs> ignoring how work operates normally. He's the second part of what I was saying before though is the Toretto's have this like lunch place with terrible tuna sandwiches and a very busy garage. Yeah. They don't have a lot of employees in either place. They make it work. They do somehow. It's quite And they're always nipping off to race wars. I don't know how they fit it all. That was the other nice thing actually is that the you know like seeing things for the first time. And I feel like we've 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 flo- you know I guess there's so much ground to cover as we we reflect on this movie and also, you know, a, 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 a year of Fast and the Furious movies. But we've, we've yeah, I, and I can't even actually remember what I, I was going to say at the start of this sentence. Could I ask you a question then, based on what you just Permission said? Permission granted. How do you, so once again, just a, a quick little recap. We've done a year of Grown Ups 2, we've done a year of Sex and the City 2, we've done a year of Grown Up, uh, Sex and the City 1. Imagine if we did a year of Grown Ups 1, it's not happening. Um, we did We Are Your Friends, we've done Emmanuel's, uh, we've done My Week with Cats, we've done Doolittle. Where do you think, for you, Fast and Furious ranks? Inside of all of that? Yeah, and let's call the scale quality of our output. Quality of our output? That's a, a fucking insane, that's like trying to count money in quarter miles. That's like... <laughs> Such an abstract concept. My enjoyment of watching the thing, this is, uh, you know, like it's it's hard to reflect because again, the most recent thing I saw was a sick movie at the movies. Yeah. So obviously this was fantastic. Like that was a very joyous experience for me. Yeah. I loved watching that. You remember that we saw it? That was exhausting. These were, and that, I mean, that was the, uh, honestly that was the other treat. This is like, um, it's like a second win. This is like if you did like a one of those big meals, like a nine course um, degustation. Thank you. And then you it's know, nice you, an and you, at the end you're like, oh, I couldn't possibly. And yeah. then the last thing, and you're actually, I can fit that in, and you have it, and you think that was the best thing I ate the whole time. Well, I'm so glad you brought that up, guy, because it has been noted that there is. You know, considering the structure of this season and the franchise we've taken on, deeply unfinished business in that there is a Fast and Furious movie we just fucking ignored, which is the most recent one. Well, no, no, no. (laughs) In short, no. The longer version is absolutely not. these movies improved almost, with, save for four, these movies were like a, a graph of improvement as we went backwards. You know, like I think five was quite an enjoyable watermark for the franchise. It's the heist movie in Brazil. I think Tokyo, so you for Tokyo Drift was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, too Fast, Too Furious, like a lot, you know, Fun in the Sun down in Miami, Florida. Pretty with good. The boys. Uh, this was obviously fantastic. There's just no planet in which I traipse back to watch whatever the fuck they're doing with Jason Momoa in 2023. Like, it honestly feels obscene to me. To even hear it, I can't describe physiologically what happened inside of my body, but it was like, it's honestly, you know, and I started this podcast saying I feel good. Yeah. 
And that's, now you don't. That's, the ob- that's like, that's like. It is amazing to think about, isn't it? it? Like both things to consider at once. The journey that we've been on and the journey that the film franchise has been on. Because they're, they're at odds with each other. We have had a, this is a weird turn of phrase, but like a descendancy into quality. We have, we have gone down the road into the best films. Yeah. And what the movies did in actual real life for anyone else that isn't us is they got progressively shitter. I can't fucking like, you imagine know, like, what ten is. As you grow, as you, but so if you're watching them in linear order, which with hindsight, you know, and you know, I hope you don't mind me saying this. I think it's probably the right way to do it. <laughs> I think there's a world. I, in which I honestly disagree, but go on. <laughs> do you? I think we did it right. For the reason I just described, because we got we watch a franchise improve, we watch a franchise grow. No one else has that experience of Fast and Furious. We're the only people who got to experience the Fast and Furious franchise improve over time. <laughs> you think about that. I am. That's actually quite beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. But I think what happened is everyone got older with the franchise, and like you know, by the time. They got to experience these, the, you know, like the Letty's death and then re- re- revival, Han's death and then revival. You know, <laughs> this wide variety of magic tricks that the franchise shared with the fans. Yeah. They got to experience that in a cinema. It's like, oh, you know, they get to experience it in a way that we don't. We see Han get revived and then like six yeah and then like six movies later we're like oh Han's dead you know like it's a very fucking disorienting way to go about your business but I think there's value if you'd watch the nine movies and the tenth one comes out you're not not, you know like you've spent so much time you're not not going to get like stoned out of your skull you're not not going to get obliterated and go to the center and be like oh, I wonder what they can do that's beyond space you know like, I want to see them drive a motorbike into a black hole well, now now we're using I statements which I think is an important step for you fuck you cunts and I'm sorry for swearing but that is how I feel when I talk to you sometimes there is some good shit we haven't even discussed in this movie oh, God. namely Iced cappuccino. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy, crazy spotlight. See the scene, Mr. Montgomery. So it's just been revealed that Brian O'Connor's a cop. He shows up at his Elizabeth Taylor's old house. He reunites with his boss who works for the LAPD. He's also an FBI agent there. The LAPD agent turns to one of his lackeys and he's like, we better get four iced cappuccinos. And you'd assume that's enough. Like, that's a big enough beat. And then the lackey goes, boss, caffeinated or decaf? And you get to see the boss be like, hmm. Do you know what? Better make it decaf. Because I think he looks at Brian and sees how hopped up Brian is all the time. He's like, you better fucking call it on this guy. And even that would be enough. But then in the next shot, all four of the central characters have like heavy, heavy looking ice caffeinated. Decaf ice cappuccinos with a cream finish, like with a cream top. And it's not even in a Starbucks cup, which is what I was expecting to happen. I'm like, oh, this is how they paid for the movie. It's just a fucking brandless cup. <laughs> they just decided to put it in decaf crazy. ice cappuccinos. Like glass mugs. With what is going hands? on? 
Why was it so important? Why was it so important to the script writer? Why was it so important to the producers to retain that? Why was it so important to the director to not override everyone and be like, that is a fucking bonkers you know, thing to put in my car film for 14 year olds? Legacy though, that's like, it is fucking- And they're fucking police officers under <laughs> They're risking their damn lives operating from Elizabeth Taylor's house every damn day in that beautiful architectural home. Why are they fucking around with DK Vice Cappuccinos? It's so strange. You try, you try living your life undercover in a mechanic's single bed, and then you come, you come to the only people who know who you actually are. You'd be losing your mind. I have drank coffee since I was 14. I are worked, you serious? Yeah, I worked at a Starbucks for a year. I've never heard that order or even thought about it conceptually as something that someone would want to I, have. Do you know, it's, what is a testament to the way that this film is made is the only thing better than the discussion of the decaf ice cappuccinos is the visual reveal of the de <laughs> like, it's like, you know, it's a, it's a 10 out of 10 no notes that it pops up afterwards because it's mentioned as like, what the fuck did you just say? And as you know what, it's four, like four cops, four grown-ass male cops sitting <laughs> around. grizzled men. Not talking about, not even acknowledging that this is kind of unusual. Not being like, hey, did you order this for me? <laughs> They're just like, what? What? fucking thanks, bro, why? honestly. Why do we even have the capability to produce four iced decaf cappuccinos and a whiff and a fucking drop of the hat moment's notice at the cop shop in Elizabeth Taylor's house. Nope. They've got, the house is not built for this, okay? The, the house has clearly been designed for people to live in. It's a beautiful family home. Is it a little gauche? Sure. It was built for Elizabeth Taylor. She was a flashy woman. It's filled with CRT computer monitors, which warmed my heart to see. That really brought me back to the early 2000s. But then what kind of wacky ass coffee machines have they got there that they can just whip that up? The guy, the guy who made them, he runs the machine, you know that. It's like having a mist, it's like living with a Mr. Whippy. <laughs> it's like being Mrs. Whippy, is that what you're telling me? Is that what you're telling me? Hey, what about this one? You want time? Buy a magazine. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty good. Pretty fucking good. That really reminded me of Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Just in general time. But like this, whole, this is the thing, is that, and they don't, you don't know what you're making when you're making it. So, we, like, you know, say 10 years ago, we, we, we watched Grown Up 2 for the first time. We don't know we're going to be doing this for fucking forever. <laughs> you know, they don't know that this movie, like this movie, I think, has a genuine, watching it in the cinema tonight, I was like, this is, this is forever, this movie will have a place in cinematic lore. Like, this is mm. genuinely... Um, so of its time, it's so influential in the way that movies were made and like the, the, the length and breadth of the franchise afterwards. Yeah. It's all this crazy shit we're talking about now, which is, you know, like all of these, these hokey lines take on added value, I guess, you know, and the laughs don't matter. La the difference between an ironic laugh and a laugh, it's the same thing. You yeah. know? It's like, it's actually, it's actually beautiful. Like this is far and away the best movie for action, you know, and all the other ones have bigger budgets, they have bigger sequences. It's the best movie for action. It's the best movie for comedy. It's the best Fast and the Furious movie by a fucking country mile. It is. I really, like, I really love it. In some it. ways, a massive tragedy. We only got to watch it one time. <laughs> but, Tim, <laughs> that's how you're meant to watch movies. <laughs>
I forgot. <laughs> Do you know, I was actually, I was the, the last time I watched a movie that wasn't Fast and the Furious, it was like August, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> fucking same. <laughs> We've not been leading healthy lives. Not at all. I want to tell you this. I think we should, we should wrap up the, the, the podcast. Okay. And I think uh, what we'll do after we finish the record is if there's anyone who has any questions or information they want on part, we can quickly do that. Sure. But I just want, I haven't done my shining light and it's, it's going to pale in comparison to yeah. how excited we got about those ice cappuccinos. But <laughs> there was a time in the world when um, being a pizza delivery person <laughs> used to mean something. That was a job that people had and it represented, in a way, status. It represented like where you were. And it was a, it was a running joke inside of a lot of movies. Was, they were often stone teenagers or dweeby fellas. And it was a job that like, you know, I think they were driving their own cars and they'd have the big light on top and it would represent the pizza company. And it was something I always had a strange affinity to and warmth for. I mm. thought it looked kind of fun, the idea, I think. The idea of it that, you know, you get stoned, you listen to your music, and you deliver a pizza. Yeah. And traffic's going to be what it may be. People aren't expecting things immediately. They want them delivered, you know, efficiently enough. But it was, and you know, to, to see that captured in this film, and this poor pizza guy, <laughs> who just is trying to get his pizza hut, you know, from point A to point B, and he comes across a street full of races. Yeah. And the guy who's, like, the pizza guy is probably 45. <laughs> and the guy who's, like, figuring out where the cops are with the radio is probably 20. And uh, he's like, what are you doing? And the guy's like, uh, street, you know, road's closed. You have to find another road, pizza boy. <laughs> he didn't need that. It was rude, but... It was kind of sick. And then the pizza boy was like, Bye, you damn street racist. <laughs> I just liked it. I just liked it. I liked it, you know, and I, I, and I guess this is, I know I'm entering like a curmudgeon phase. I think I'm aging rapidly because I, I, I crave life. You know, like this movie, it features cell phones. It doesn't feature anything. They're reading a map at one point in this movie. <laughs> and I'm watching that and I'm like, this is fucking impressive. They're, they're, they're finding out where a heist is happening from a, ma a paper map. And also, like, it's illegal to be on your phone and drive. But what? It was totally okay to have a full paper map out in front of you and drive. And I think about life was more complicated then in so many ways and worse. But also, you know, I've... I've I, I fantasize about it. I think about the simplicity of it. Like, I honestly, mostly I think about the time left to think your own thoughts. I think it's so, I just don't do that anymore. And so there's something about the pizza boy, there's something about the paper map, there's these phones. I see this movie and I think, God damn, what I wouldn't give to be there knowing how easily distracted and mushy my brain will be. Well, ironically, I think by the sounds of it, the thing that you are feeling so much warmth towards is a slower pace of life and where that has been represented in a film called The Fast <laughs> and the Furious. It's kind of fucked up when you think about it. It's so good. And honestly, Tim, I feel that there is no better place to end our episodes and our season than, you know, with this reflection. It's been... Uh, at times an arduous journey, but mostly an absolute pleasure to spend the year with you and the You've Toretto family. You've come for me and at me quite a, 
number of times during this well, season. Obviously, you are like a regrettable piece of shit, and you um, <laughs> think your moral compass has kind of gone skew if. I think you've lost your way a little bit lately. <laughs> I think you're very lucky for the family you have around you, and I would hold them close. I would hold them dear. That's how I feel about you. And saying that, it's been a delight, bro. Um, <laughs> I'm not too big to admit that when you're right, guy, I'm not going to read Hey, put it there, mate. What put a journey. There. What yeah. an adventure. Thank you so much. What a season. We're all done. We're yeah. free. To go to our version of Mexico. Watching movies once. Uh, no, our version of Mexico is Tokyo. <laughs> we always talk about Tokyo. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.